This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 663, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 20th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 663. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, March 20th. Uh, coming uh, pretty late. Uh, I'm actually recording this on the 31st day of March, so... Um, you know, it's not quite the uh, the end of being able to think about these comics, but they did come out from 11 days ago, so let's take one last look backwards, why don't we? Uh, looking at some of the releases that came out that week, uh, we had Age of X-Men Next Gen, as well as Age of X-Men The Amazing Nightcrawler, a uh, new issue of Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Damage, Electric Warriors, Guardians of the Galaxy, Immortal Hulk, Jessica Jones' Purple Daughter, Justice League, Marvel Spider-Man Studio War, Meet the Skrulls, Miles Morales' Spider-Man, Nightwing, Savage Sword of Conan, Star Wars, Teen Titans, Venom, West Coast Avengers, and Wolverine Infinity Watch. It's interesting that I really enjoy a lot of these books, and I just forgot that some of the new issues came out. Like Immortal Hulk, I forgot to read that. I forgot to read the new issue of Jessica Jones' uh, Purple Daughter, which I've really been enjoying. Um, and I also totally forgot about uh, Savage Sword of Conan, which I'm also enjoying as well. Like, it's my first real Conan experience. Um, I know I should be reading, I guess, the, the quote-unquote core Conan book, but um, because uh, I was interviewing Ron Garney not long ago, I wanted to make sure that I was uh, up-to-date on his most recent project, so I was reading uh, Savage Sword of Conan number one, and I really enjoyed it, and ended up you know, reading the other issues, and for some reason did not read issue three yet. But I will be talking about seven comics today. Now, because these books are a little bit older already, and I mean 11 days, so it's not like they're super old, like three years ago, um, I'm going to go kind of qu- much quicker than normal. Um, so we're still going to have probably about a 10-minute ten, ten or so episode, uh, but we're going to talk about seven different books. So this is going to be pretty quick. Uh, first, we have Avengers 17. Uh, this is kind of ending the uh, the current storyline, The Kingdom of the Vampires, by Jason Aaron and David Marquette. Um, I think it ends the storyline anyway. I can't even remember. Um, I don't know. I this I, there are parts of the storyline I thought were really cool and interesting, and there's parts that I uh, that I did not find as enjoyable. And I, I feel like last issue made me feel like we were kind of kind of near the end of the storyline. But I guess they created all those new vampires, so I, I guess we weren't. It just felt like we retread the same ground a few different times throughout the storyline without necessarily feeling like we're going in a really new direction or or doing something new with these new characters that we're seeing. Um, the Red Widow character is definitely freaky as, as, as shit. Um, you know, there's obviously some tormenting of uh, Dracula here, which I, I thought was interesting because of how he, they'd written Dracula previously in the storyline that I, I just kind of thought it was almost out of, out of character to see how... Uh, Dracula kind of dealt with it here, um, which is interesting. And you have the Avengers going up against um, all these kind of new vampires, and again, the this, this squad, the colonel, and everyone uh, and fighting them, which is, is cool, and it's good to see Blade in a bigger place. Um, and and then, you know, finally we get to see more of what, you know, the, the real plan that Dracula had, which is definitely interesting. Um, and again, we have more of, you know, Blade and the colonel, and and everyone kind of fighting each other, and it, it, it's okay. It just was not my favorite kind of big fight sequence. Um, some of the stuff e also with regards to Ghost Rider, I'm not sure if I really got a lot of it. What they're going to do there? Um, there, 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 there's a revelation obviously here about the Colonel, and that was a little surprising. Um, this whole idea of the Kingdom of Vampires. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. It, it just it, it felt like it, it fell a little flat for me. Uh, the art was good, but again. Uh, the story itself fell flat. I think that I'd give the story like a five or a six, and this, the average more like an eight. Um, so I, I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a seven overall. Uh, it wasn't like a bad issue. I just found myself 
a little bored and just not really feeling it in the same way I was hoping I would. Uh, next up is Avengers No Road Home. So I, I finally like read issues, I guess, two to seven all at once. Um, so I, I very much enjoyed this. This is by Jim Zub, Mark Wade, and Al Ewing. Uh, artwork by Sean Isaacs. Um, I feel like I'm, I am enjoying it, but it feels very different. Like, when you see that this is the squad, I just, I, I don't know what I thought of what this book would look like or which characters it would use. It's so much smaller in scale, but at the same time, grander. Like, it's pretty big in scale of, of the actual story that's trying to be told, but the amount of characters that you're using is relatively small. And so I, I find that surprising. Um, I'm just not what I expected. Um, I do like a lot of this. Um, you know, actually, sorry, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. It's not bad. It's just I thought it was going to be something a little bit different, and it just wasn't that. But you can't, you know, really rate a book on what it is or isn't because based on what you thought it might be. That's just not fair to anybody. Um, I'm enjoying what it is. I think the art's really enjoyable. I think the story's really cool. I think the whole use of Conan and having Conan and Scarlet Witch kind of having their own adventure is actually a really cool concept, and I like seeing how they operate together. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just cool to see... You know, Conan and his element and Wanda out of hers and how she integrates with his lifestyle to be part of this adventure, their own, you know, particular adventure. And I think that's really cool. And again, the artwork really sells that as well. Um, the the way in which Hulk is used here is creepy and it, it, it does underline some to me some of the potential issues with having the current version of Immortal Hulk in the kind of grander MU. Like, in the Marvel Universe, he just—he's never been this. He's never been creepy to this level. He's never been the, the scary horror creature. And in his own book, I think it works even better. But then, when you then interface it back with the rest of the Marvel Universe, I don't know. It feels a little kind of out of step, or just—it feels like something is kind of missing. Um, and the, the whole kind of ba- stuff with uh, with Nightmare here, and and what uh, what you know, Hulk kind of does is interesting. But again. I don't know. It, it, it's not the, the part of the issue I liked. Um, the, the heart and soul of this issue is the kind of friendship, bond, almost romance between Conan and Wanda, and that's really cool. And the entire issue, the more you get to see of that and their journey together to find the, the you know the, the shard and not look not have uh, Wanda look at it is very cool. Um, and then it, it definitely leads up to a great kind of crescendo when you have uh, you know the, the big bad kind of just reappear back at the end of the issue with Voyager. Uh, so that's cool. Um, the the parts with uh, Hulk and Nightmare and the rest of them in this issue, I felt like it was more of like a um, a quick check in. It didn't really do like it definitely moved the storyline a little bit, but it wasn't the main focus of the issue. The focus of this issue was Conan and, and uh, Scarlet Witch, and on that level, I think it succeeded extremely well. And it was so interesting and cool to see them together. And I thought the art was really enjoyable there. I'm actually going to give it an eight and a half. I thought it was just such a. I would I would pay to just have a you know Conan and Scarlet Witch book. Like that. it was just a really cool interplay. And I felt like they had to go through it quickly to kind of emphasize that there was time passing, etc. But it was cool. It was a really fun, enjoyable uh, read. Uh, next up, we have Batman 67. This is Nightmares Part 5, All the Way Down, by Tom King, Lee Weeks, and Jorge Bornez. Um, and you know what? I'm so dumb, because obviously it's right there, but I didn't even think about it, the fact that it's kind of Looney Tunes-esque with, in terms of the beep-beep, and you have uh, Batman just kind of going after um, this character who keeps you know eluding him no matter what, and you just have this beep-beep. 
uh, constantly as he goes through the entire issue, and then you even have the reappearance of the kind of the Porky Pig kind of uh, uh, bartender, I guess, uh, as well, which is interesting. So the issue is a tour de force for the art. Uh, art wise, this is this is the this is Lee Week's story. Um, Tom King doesn't. I mean, obviously he he wrote it and have and you know. Uh, an idea of what he wanted to see in his script, but really this is Lee Weeks just absolutely nailing it in terms of what this is and how how good it looks. What does it mean? Um, I don't know, nothing? Like, it's really just a very long, extended chase sequence, exquisitely, exquisitely drawn. Um, the story itself, in terms of, like, the scripting and dialogue, is really not here at all. Like... I mean, there's, there's, um, the sound effects is probably the most writing you get in this issue. Uh, there really just isn't much going on here in terms of writing and the script idea of, uh, of writing. Uh, obviously there's, you know, from a plotting standpoint, I wonder actually like what this would even look like from a, from a script, uh, how detailed this would be for someone like Lee Weeks. Um, or if Tom King just said, I kind of want this and can you do this in some way? Uh, it's really good. It's relatively fast. I don't know what it adds. Um, and I feel that way for a lot of the Nightmares chapters. I'm not really sure what they're adding, but it's definitely an enjoyable th- kind of thrill ride um, just to kind of see, because the art is so good, because Lee Weeks is such a master, because, um, you know, at times, I mean, it's it's Lee Weeks, let's make no mistake, but obviously it, it evokes the feeling of David Masekele in, um, in uh, Batman Year One, and that's part of what really drives this home as being such a solid, enjoyable read, even though there's really no context for anything there's no actual kind of quote-unquote story there's no real development of any characters it's just a chase sequence but an exquisitely drawn one so i'm torn like how do i how should i even you know rate that uh for what it is for what they give us i would say it's a nine out of ten like it's 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 enthralling um i'm just i'm so torn at it in different levels uh next up we have the friendly neighborhood spider-man this is issue number four but mother of exiles part four by tom taylor and one cabal um, I'm not even sure. It's such a, it's such a weird storyline with this whole under earth thing and, um, trying to, you know, defend the people. I thought the art was really good and enjoyable. Um, there was moments where it kind of reminded me of the Dodsons, uh, in terms of how Spider-Man kind of looked and felt. Uh, that reminded me of the Marvel Knight Spider-Man back when that was a thing. Um, uh, storyline, eh, you know, it, it was okay, but it, it didn't really, it wasn't really gripping. It was, you know, we had a lot of build up, and this was just kind of the denouement, or the climax, and then denouement. But it just, you know, the pieces were already there, and it just didn't feel like there's any real surprises here. We're finally going to get some, you know, necessary development with Peter and Aunt May at the end, but besides that, I, I would give this maybe a six. Like, it looks nice, but I don't know if it. Gave me much else, and it, it, yeah, it, it was kind of it was kind of not boring. Boring is a little harsh, but a little boring. Uh, next up is Spider-Man: Life Story by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley, and um, you know I was excited about this and the idea that you're going to have Spider-Man aging in real time. Uh, the art is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Mark Bagley just kills it. Everything here is just this is this is Mark Bagley doing what Mark Bagley does and doing it like a John Romita Jr. Sorry, John Romita Sr. I should say kind of a uh, version of, of Spider-Man and obviously he's done Spider-Man enough he gets these characters but it just it feels like the six, you know the 60s for Spider-Man um, it's om- the only thing about something like this and there's some great shots here too like when you have Spider-Man kind of jumping out of the way of the Daily Beagle sign kind of falling and it just looks great um, I almost felt like I want a miniseries just on the 60s and then another one on the 70s and another one on the 80s like 
I feel like, and I want to spend more time in this, in this slightly different world where everything is, you know, a little bit different because everyone's kind of aging differently. Um, I just wish there was a little bit more. And I, I love the ending, and I love that, you know, Peter, uh, or one of the endings, actually, I guess, uh, the fact that Gwen actually finds out that, you know, he's Spider-Man. What does that mean? And this is, again, what, 65, 66? So, you know, the next issue is going to be in the 70s. What's that going to look like? And you have uh, Cap America who defects and goes to Vietnam and, and protects people, and you know the idea of you know uh, a war he could stand for and this is 67 and it was very cool stuff um i'm really excited to see what they do with the 70s um you know at the beginning of this type of series you know it doesn't feel that that askew of main continuity because the character was made in the 60s and it's kind of following that trajectory it's as the character actually ages where it'll become interesting to kind of see how they chart his development through the decades and how that's reflected by what those decades mean both for comics and for just the world and America and how that is reflected against Spider-Man as Spider-Man ages as well uh, I'm really excited about this book I'm I just think it's awesome it's such a great concept such a top flight creative team I'm going to give it a 9 I think this is just fantastic I, I really dug this uh, issue, issue next up we have uh, Thor number 11 um, this is by Jason Aaron artwork by Lee Garbett this is the the eve of war um, which is again it's kind of everyone kind of be, being ready for what's about to happen uh, with the War of the Realms finally happening uh, a lot of focus obviously on Thor and his mom and you know you have Balder here and uh, you have Malekith kind of uh, marshalling his troops uh, which is really cool as well. Um, this was good. Uh, you know, a solid kind of setup to what comes next. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, it was enjoyable. It had good, good art. It was very, you know, appropriate for the book and uh, very clear for the most part on what the action was and what was, what was going on and who the characters were. And I like this. And last but not least, we have Uncanny X-Men number 14, um, which is, you know, again, very enjoyable. Um, I'm, I'm liking it. It's by Matthew Rosenberg, artwork by Salvador LaRocca, colors by Guru F- FX, uh, virtual calligraphy is Joe Caramagna doing the letters, and the covers, uh, the covers by Salvador LaRocca and Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, the the storyline is called This Is Forever Part Four. It's kind of a, a really interesting idea um, with, you know, the Scott and his team kind of trying to figure out how to. How to address their threats? And in fact, you know, going up against uh, was it Reaper in the MLF? I guess um, they have captured uh, Dark Beast and his crazy bionic legs. Uh, it's such an interesting team because of the, all the different costumes that kind of are from different eras. Uh, they're you know they end up in the, in the Morlock tunnels. They deal with Chamber there. Um, yeah, and I, again, like it's such an interesting version of a team where you have you know Wolverine in his classic brown and gold you have the New Mutant characters kind of in classic New Mutants garb you have Havoc in his kind of weird you know mid-2000s costume that I never really cared for and you have like Scott in his classic 90s costume like it's so it's just an interesting uh, combination of things um and the ending is definitely cool with the idea that Scott Summers is going to sit down with uh, Captain America. That can't go well. Um, but I'm really liking this. This is, you know, I haven't really been digging a lot of the Age of X stuff. I've only read maybe a couple of the books. Uh, whereas this is so much more interesting. Uh, having Scott back and having him deal with a world that really hates them and is kind of okay with the X-Men being gone. And maybe finally like kind of removing the mutant plague and, ster- and sterilizing people. And it's, you know, it's back against the wall. What do you do? And he goes back to basics and, 
you know, it, it's cool. I, I'm really digging it. I think it's fun. Um, I don't know what the, you know, now that we we know that Jonathan Hickman's coming for the X books, uh, it's kind of, and this is just the, the the hype cycle with comics, right? Like, they need to hype something up that comes four to six months down the line. The problem is, is that it makes everything you're reading now feel like a lame duck comic. Um, that, you know, oh, well, it's not going to be that big a difference or not, not that many things could really change because the big thing is coming or the next big thing is coming in this case. You know, because Uncanny X-Men is like a weekly was the big thing. And I don't know if it necessarily succeeded uh, because it felt like a little long in the tooth just to give us an alternate reality story. Like, think about it. We got ten issues basically just to set up an Age of Apocalypse thing. Like, the original Legion Quest was four issues versus a prelude. Um, and, I guess, a, an impact issue, more or less, with Cable. But even that, that's only six. And I would say it's a much tighter, more condensely plotted thing as opposed to what we got in the in the Uncanny X-Men first ten issues. But then you have this great story about, you know, the X-Men kind of being put back together by this man who uh, is back from the dead and having to kind of figure that out and what this means and that's really cool uh so i'm going to give the issue uh an eight i think it's i think it's i think it's definitely worth an eight um and that is it for comics that came out on the 20th um looking forward to probably the episode i'm about to record in about five minutes which will be episode comics that came out on the 27th um some of the highlighted releases that came out um on the 27th will include detective comics dial h for hero fantastic four freedom fighters hulk Vereens, uh, invaders iron heart justice league odyssey martian manhunter marvel comics presents marvel rising moon girl and level dinosaur mr and mrs x shazam spider-man deadpool star wars dr afra star wars vader dark visions super superior spider-man the flash the terrifics wonder woman x-force and then the books that i have at least at this time read already include heroes in crisis doctor strange daredevil black widow black panther batman beyond batgirl avengers no road home amazing spider-man age of x-men extremists and action comics wow i've already read 11 books that came out uh of books that came out like less than a week ago i'm impressed with myself i don't know where i found the time anyways thank you for so much for listening to this episode you can rate and review us on itunes subscribe to us on itunes and also listen to us on stitcher uh next episode probably going up within the next 24 hours which will be our conversation about dumbo i sat down with uh sarah woodhead or sarah bartolini i should say and uh, chris lucas or bartolini i'm not sure um and we talked about uh dumbo and if it works and if it's a movie that needed to be there and uh what does it add what does it take away compared to the original dumbo and then uh and then uh we'll do another reviews episode and then we're gonna have a, an issue it's an episode with jed winnick on the show again where we talk about hilo we talk about some of the other projects he's worked on uh he, he's always a magnificent guest so gracious with his time and such an interesting guy and a really positive and yeah just really cool to kind of be able to get into his headspace and understand what kind of where he, where he writes from and and what Hilo means to him. And if you haven't read Hilo, it's such a fantastic book series. Yes, it's ostensibly meant for younger readers, but you can enjoy it even if you don't have kids uh, or even if you're you know, an adult. It doesn't matter. Anyways, thank you for uh, listening to this episode. We will catch you next time. Thank you for again for supporting Comic Shenanigans. Bye-bye.